0: a woman how do you rise to the top how do you navigate the pitfalls and build the confidence to walk tall well there are no shortcuts there are no gimmicks and there are no cheat codes here but there will be a lot of discussion and insight from two friends who've known each other for a very long time i'm mikita oliver and i'm sitting with the acclaimed vogue fashion director julia sarge and she's also just my mate <laughs> Julia and I come from quite different industries, but we've watched each other grow into our own successes.
1: So we'll be sharing our personal stories and learning from our journeys so far, as well as discussing and dissecting the biggest subjects from our working lives, both online and IRL, all with the aim of helping you find the confidence to walk tall.
0: So join us and get ready
1: to walk tall.
0: Hello and welcome to Walk Tall. I'm Mikita Oliver. And I'm Julia Sajamwa. Yes, she is. Today's episode is all about connections. They say the basis of your success relies on the relationships you build on the job. In this episode, we'll talk about all the different ways to enter the industry, how to maintain and grow your work relationships, and the true art of being yourself. To begin, we're going to start by talking about Carolina Herrera's amazing story, The Woman actually Carolina's story, because I didn't know this before, but she started the brand when she was 40.
1: That's amazing. Which is just,
0: you know, especially then we get lucky. We're told that we can do things now. I don't think you were told that then. And before that, she had so many kind of different lives. And I think I can feel that she really got to know people and figured out the connections that would help her to do different things, different bigger things in the world.
1: Yeah, and she approached it with experience behind her as well, which I think
0: is really important. A classy way to network.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think. And then I think the starting out
0: point for anyone in their career is kind of quite vital to to where things go and, and being honest about what you want. But I've noticed that with younger people now, they're very honest about what they want. And I was like, I had to learn this. And people are just like, no, this is, this, this is me. I mean, do you see that as well?
1: Yeah, definitely. I feel like everyone is very clear with the direction they want to go in, how they want to get there. So, yeah, they're much more organized. Yes, yeah, terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> We're now going to talk about some of our personal
0: stories. We're going to get a bit deep. Me and Julia's history, and talk about how we started out and the connections that we made and the genuine connections that we made, people that are still in our lives Absolutely. today. Absolutely, yeah. So, I've got some pictures here of us. I've got real pictures. And it's just pictures of me and Julia's sort of first years of knowing each other. So, this is probably 2005? Yeah. Yeah. A long time
1: ago. Five,
0: six, seven, yeah. I guess you're 19. I'm yeah. four years older than Julia, so I would have been t- 22. I have this box of my 20s. It's just all I love photos like that. No, it's hardcore. It's not oh, just love. You go in and you're like, whoa. <laughs> it's like heavy. But these are really light and they reminded me how long we've known each other. I mean, this is one. Do you want to describe what, what you're up to there?
1: Yeah. So there, I'm, um, I think we'd been to something you were hosting.
0: Something I was hosting. So we've been at T4 on the beach. It's a kind of British TV show from about 20 years ago. Iconic in its day. Extremely iconic in its in, a, day. in a seaside town called yes. Western Supermet. Yes, I can't remember. believe I got you to Western <laughs> Supermet. I was like, this is so unglamorous. I think How it was definitely raining as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's when we met. So looking at that, do you think we look like babies? I do think you? we look the same. I think so too. <laughs> But yeah, it's nice to have these stories and then to see what we looked like when we were thinking all these things about who we were and what we were going to yeah. do in the world. Because we did, we do look like kids.
1: Yeah, we do. And also, so much has changed. We've also like achieved so much since that time. It's amazing to like look back. Do you think they'd be proud of this? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, for sure. they would. Oh, yeah,
0: hundred percent. See, I need your like defiance. Of course, they would. Yeah, yes. of course
1: they would. Yeah. Make your younger self proud, that's like a big one. Yeah, definitely. Do you remember when we first met?
0: Yeah, I remember at the end of the night, thinking, who is this professional little thing? (laughs) Because you left
1: at 10pm, which says everything about your working life and my working life (laughs) when we first met. I think I was 19, so very young, but very committed. Yeah, and what was the job that you were committed to so much then? So I was interning at ID. And I'd been doing that. I did it for about a year, I think. And the irony is, I had
0: a big career and didn't care.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm staying out,
0: and you were like, I have to go home. And I remember thinking that was really strange that you were so professional because I was thinking, but we're so young and we're we're here to have fun. And yeah, we all have jobs. Like, come on. And I think that's I think that's a testament to how I approached my career in the early days and how you approach your career. I think you were always very focused.
1: Yeah, definitely. I always knew what I wanted and had. I just, I just took it very seriously. Whatever it was, I did. I was very dedicated and serious about it. So, is that is that still within you
0: now? That kind of clarity and that focus.
1: I, I think I have more balance now. When I was younger, it was my sole focus. Whereas now, I'm quite good with like my boundaries around work and that sort of thing. But I still have the same focus and drive. Mm.
0: I'm trying to think about whether the people that we surround ourselves with... Well, I mean, obviously that's changed, because our first crew... I wouldn't call them inspiring, per se. (laughs) Not, not, maybe not. So I think there was that kind of element of, like, we just always, always wanted to have fun, but I think people did want to work. It wasn't just about dossing around.
1: Yeah, and I think we all came from backgrounds where we kind of had to work as well. Most of us, yeah, Yeah. most of us actually. Yeah, exactly. When it
0: came to like me, you and our friend Phoebe, I think we were all similar in the fact, and you also have to remember that we were sort of the only black people in our our group. Yeah. And definitely only black girls. So I think we were quite united in that and I think being ambitious as a young black woman meant different things. It was definitely like you've got to bigger fight on your hands and I think that affected the way I dreamt and what I thought I could do even though I already had a really big opportunity and I was already on television like you'd think I would be like oh I can do anything but I just always felt like I didn't deserve it but I don't think you ever
1: did feel like you didn't deserve it I feel like you are always like yep yeah, that's right I'm here it's true actually yeah I think I I think I do I always had that about me I was like no I'm good at my job so I deserve to be here and do you see that in younger people then?
0: Do you see that kind of drive?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it's a different world now. And I think that younger people do have a similar drive, but I think they communicate more about like what they want and what they expect. Whereas I think when I was starting out, I just did everything without really communicating in that same way. Yeah, I would never have talked about my ambition. No, it wasn't like, it. it didn't feel normal to talk about my ambition. No, it
0: felt American. Yeah, <laughs> it was exactly. like a weird thing Americans did. Yeah,
1: it just didn't feel like... it's. Yeah, it's, it's not very British anyway. No, because we're also exposed to
0: so much more now. I think maybe there is... That, that kind of American sensibility of ambition has trickled down into this country. I mean, even the, the term networking,
1: I, I don't think we knew we were networking then, but of course yeah. we were. Yeah, without knowing it. We were, like, building connections that we met like as friends so in a way it's like my social life did intertwine so much with my work life because I ended up meeting like-minded people and I think that's a really important thing is to surround yourself by people who are interested in the same things as you you know in a work capacity as well and then that's how things happen organically like in so many creative fields I think that's an important way of working is finding your community I love that Jules I
0: love that I think for me I think certain words make me feel like anxious like the word networking I'm like oh my god I can't do that and I wouldn't want to but the idea of building a community for oneself with like-minded people who are focused on the same things that's that's kind of what we were doing we just thought we were raving
1: I think sometimes you know you don't realize until you look back and At the time, you don't realise what you're doing. Mm. Then you look back and you're like, oh, wow, this was actually really monumental. Or this was like, even for me, like some of the people, the shoots that I've done, the photographers I've worked with, I look back and I'm like, oh, that was actually a really shifting shoot. At the time, it was just like, okay, I'm going to just go and do this job. Mm. You don't know until you look back. I think you're not meant to know. Yeah, it's so
0: true. I think, but if we knew we'd do it differently, you'd approach it differently. If, like, I'm networking at the pub, then you probably wouldn't meet anyone.
1: (laughs) True, you're like, hello, I'm here to network. (laughs) I've got
0: networking energy. I think that's something I've really learned as well living your life and doing things that you just feel are good for you, like enriching your life with other things. That's helped me, like, talking to people who do different things, that's helped me bring different things into the work I do and expand the work I do. Just photographers and my new bird watching friends <laughs> I'm I love that?
1: That? That's, so important. that's a whole
0: other part of my life but again that's brought me a lot of peace which has made my working life very different
1: yeah I think yeah. that's really important as well because I guess I I, I kind of like the idea of like quietly ambitious yes right I was mm. someone called me that once and I was like I like that yes I would you're definitely just, say
0: that about you
1: right because mm. you're just getting on with it it's like not,
0: silent ambition. Yeah, self. What is she up to? Yeah, kind of ambitious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Like, what will she do next? What will you do next? Do you know?
1: I don't know. Good. I guess like you just see where your career takes you as well. Sometimes I think you have to like let go a little bit. You don't know, have direction and stuff. But I think for me, the moment I sort of let go, which is like a lesson in all things, everything in life. The moment you let go, things just come to you and then you're like, oh, okay, I didn't think about this, but like this opportunity has come up that's different from something I would have, you know, normally done. This
0: is what some brilliant sort of leaders say and guiders say. They say, um, you know, the world can dream a bigger dream for you than you can dream for yourself. So it's like, it's good to dream, but also know if you kick back a little bit and let the universe get on with it, it could be even better than you ever imagined, which is so true. Like, all you have to do is look at your life and you're like, oh yeah, evidence that is completely throughout. true throughout yeah, my life exactly. the evidence of that yeah and when you're not in a kind of high-frequency place and not living in a great way or feeling good, then, yeah, your life is pretty... It busy. reflects It, reflects reflects it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So I'll never live on the ground floor again. Because I stopped dreaming when I lived on the ground floor. Psychological. It's psychological, because right? yeah. it makes you dream, looking at a view and looking at the city, like, yeah. I will run this yeah, town. Yeah, totally. And what do I want and what, what can I do in the world?
1: I think I've always trusted as well. There's, like, a sense of trust. And I've always... Lived my life how I would want it to be from a young age. What were you like as a kid then? Oh, I didn't
0: know you can ask me that in that <laughs> way. Uh, what was I like as a kid? Yeah, uh, just a real nightmare, like loud mouth, really chatty and <laughs> nosy. And I think when you're it's not about really, like, being good at something. It's about when something is within you. So I don't think I was a TV presenter. I've just always been interested in people and stories and always wanted to ask lots of questions about people's lives, no matter who they were or where they were from. So when when I realised there was a job where you could do that, and I only realised once I'd got the job and I was on the set, I was like, oh, this makes sense that I'm doing this. How did you first start off? An audition that my mum's friend was holding. It was for Pop World, the first show I did. And I was only 15. And you know, Pop World was the first music show that Channel 4 had decided to do in a really long time, maybe like since The Word or something. And uh, it, they said they wanted it to be an irreverent uh, music show. It was a bit sarcastic, but they didn't really. So when we actually gave them that, I think they were a bit
1: <laughs> shocked. Exactly what, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. what you
0: that's gave like, them. what you asked for. So they'd already found Simon Amstel, but they were looking for a girl, but they'd looked in stage scores. Mistake. They were like, we're looking for someone really natural. And then they went somewhere where everyone's been told to do certain things. And luckily I was so young (laughs) that I hadn't been taught anything uh, apart from I had studied MTV a lot. I'd watched a lot of MTV because I wasn't going to school. So again, I think life was preparing me for what was about to come. Because I remember watching these shows and thinking, I could probably do that. Not that I I didn't want to, I just thought I could probably do whatever this is. I could do that. And then about two months later, I was like on screen. You manifested that quick. Yeah, I guess I... But not even... man. Yeah, no, you're right. So you
1: didn't even know you were doing it. Yes.
0: Yeah. Unknown manifesting. So I think if I wasn't a TV presenter, I think no matter what, I would... If I was working in a pub, I'd still be talking to everyone asking them about their lives and asking them their singles out. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I just...
1: This is just who I am. And what about you, though? Because I feel like you always had an eye. Yeah, definitely. I think I realised what I wanted to do from, like, a really young age. I think... I probably was about, I don't know, 10 or 11. And my mum's friend worked for a magazine and I was like, that's it. Really? Yeah, I literally was like, I want to do that job. At 10? Yeah. Did they let you in? Did you go and do a bit? No, no, I never did that. But I did go to my first couture show when I was 13 or something. I just loved it from the beginning. And I think, you know... It's funny what inspires you, because like with you, it was like just kind of like living your life, and it came to you. And it's the same with me. It's like it was just like a friend of my mum's, and then almost like the universe brought that in as like a suggestion of something you could do, right?
0: Mm, Yeah, I love that—a suggestion. Yeah. How do you feel about this, young Julia? You're like, I like it. I like it. I like the
1: look of that. Yeah.
0: Like this whole couture world.
1: Yeah, exactly. And actually,
0: not every kid
1: would. So, this is a segment we like to call Walk Tall Mantra. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Space for affirmation and little words of wisdom to help you walk taller. You've got loads of wisdom today. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I always like to think about my younger self. Yeah. Little baby Julia. Little baby Julia. (laughs) Little baby Keats. Oh, they're so cute already. So... If you were to send a voice note to your younger self when you were first learning how to make it and making connections, what would you say? Oh God, are you okay?
0: <laughs> you are all right? It's quite hard out there, isn't it? I don't know, I swear to God, Jules, when we met, it was a big deal for me to have you and Phoebe in my life because I, I really didn't have any black girlfriends. And I definitely didn't have any black girlfriends out on the scene in Soho and out in London in it was just my, my cousins. So it was like, it was a real eye-opener for me to see other girls from similar places as me who looked like me, who were also within groups where they were the only one. Yeah, I was like, oh, right. Hi, you get it too. Yeah. It's a very nuanced feeling. You can't really talk about it that much. And I think that affected my ambition and the way I saw what I'd achieved already. So I would say to my younger self, really honestly, look around at what you are doing and make sure you take it in. And what about you? What would you say to 21-year-old Julia, who's like, would have been, I don't know, probably ruling the world somewhere?
1: Yeah, I think I just got my job as a fashion editor when I was 21. So I'd only been working in the industry for like two years and then became an editor, which is like a huge jump obviously from like assistant to editor. I think I'd probably just say patience is super important and it will happen, but it's just gonna take a lot longer than you think. Yeah. At 21, you're like, where is everything? Yeah, absolutely. I was like, I want it now. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, actually, my mantra is sort of about seeing what's around you, but also looking inside yourself. I think the closer we get to ourselves, the closer we get to, like, really achieving the things we want to do in the world. So my mantra is, who you know will become important, but who you are is more valuable. So in the beginning of your career, it can feel like you need to meet as many people and make as many connections as possible. But the further you get in your working life journey, you begin to understand the value of getting closer to yourself and who you are. And in turn, what you give to people, not just what they can give to you. What do you have to offer? So much about like what other that. people can give you. It's like, but what are you offering in relationships and work? What what can you give? And to really know that, you've got to look at yourself and get close to yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There was something I was talking about the other day in work, and I think it's about leaving your ego behind, especially if you're working as a team and that kind of thing. To assert yourself, yes, but you also need to know when you should just step back. I think that's a really important thing as well.
0: Because you can just get wrapped up in the smallest of things and...
1: You actually ruin stuff for yourself. Absolutely. You kind of... Like, if you look at the bigger picture, you're like, that doesn't actually matter. Is that your mantra? It's not. Oh, OK, give me a mantra. So my mantra is, if I was speaking to my younger self, I'd say patience is key. Things will always take longer than you think. Stay positive and you'll make mistakes, but try and learn from them. Lastly, your relationships are important, so make sure to nurture them in an authentic way.
0: I feel like we just really did some good for our younger selves.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely and this concludes this week's episode thank you so much for listening we'll be back next week with a new episode
0: we absolutely will and if you enjoyed this show please rate or review us on your favourite podcast platform and don't forget to follow or subscribe to the show to make sure you don't miss next week's episode Should we say bye together yeah or will we sound like a girl band (gasps) let's do it one (laughs) two three
1: (laughs) bye
0: Before we finish, we wanted to tell you about a show that we have loved listening to. It Can't Just Be Me. This is by Anna Richardson, and it's the podcast that champions shame-free conversations around everything from body image, sexuality, mental health, all the way to motherhood.
1: With the help of a celebrity guest and a resident expert, Anna will leave no stone unturned in her quest to solve listener dilemmas. It is a genuinely reassuring big sister of a show and no topic is off limits. Yes,
0: it feels like a cuddle or like a hug. So search It Can't Just Be Me wherever you get your podcast, We recommend you listen to it right now.